November 4th, 2021, and it is the second episode of the MLW Fusion Fight Report. Now, I mean, if you didn't hear last week, uh, basically, this is just a weekly recap of what goes on in Major League Wrestling. Uh, If you didn't know, I also write for Major League Wrestling, so just kind of added insight. I encourage a lot of you, if you haven't listened to the first episode to do so, if you're not familiar with major league wrestling, because I kind of give a little, like a little bit of one Oh one as to why uh, I'm a fan of MLW and why I think it's one of the tightest wrestling products going. I think it is the tightest wrestling product going over overall week in week out. Um, And uh, it's so I, I give that, and then I also give a recap of what happened last week. But it's a big week this week in um, MLW. Uh, War Chamber is this Saturday uh, at the 2300 Arena in Philadelphia, and the tickets are on sale still. Uh, $15 they start off at, and they are still available. So if you're interested in going in the Philly area uh, at a classic arena like the 2300 Arena, which was formerly the ECW Arena, um, I really encourage you to do so. It's a neat environment there. Uh, typically I would be there. I uh, just can't do it because of travel issues and um, work, my shoot job, all that kind of stuff. So not able to make it this time around. But I've been uh, at the past two um, MLW shows there, and it is an experience, a lot of fun, um, and just a cool, cool vibe going on there. So uh, if you're able to, go to MLWlive.com and uh, scoop up some tickets if you're able to do so. So anyways, a lot to talk about this week. Um, I did, I before I start off, I think, giving a recap of the show itself and a little preview of War Chamber, because I'm going to go over the card, what they have for War Chamber, which, mind you, War Chamber is the one event in a way where it's like, it's a war games. So five, five men against five men. That will... Uh, would be a little different uh, just because if you look at it from, they do t- tapings there as well. So a lot of the tapings that'll go on is fusion itself, like episodes of fusion, future episodes of fusion and so on and so forth. So it's like a TV taping. It's a, it's a good uh, solid way to, you know, cover all your bases and get, get some uh, matches and uh, shows lined up like uh, for episodes to come. That's how MLW does it. It's a really tight and sound you know, sound way to handle the business, you know, in today's uh, day and age of, you know, immediate access uh, via YouTube, via podcasting, via whatever, you know, and and MLW uh, does a lot of different, uh, goes through a lot of different outlets and channels that you're able to watch it mainly through YouTube, but also they um, fight TV now. And uh, as well as they were just on vice for Fightland. Uh, who knows about what's next for for these guys and to be honest too i don't know it's i kind of like that <laughs> i don't know i like even if i work for the i it's like i, I kind of there's an aspect i enjoy of being in the dark about it because it's kind of fun to get these surprises and to see what happens and uh something else that i was um uh very bittersweet for me and this is how i'll start off the show this week is the departure the reported departure of filthy tom lawler i, I gotta say tom lawler was the guy who got me into MLW first and foremost. Um, I just thought he was, I didn't know too much about him at the time, like say around like 2018, I think it was, but I knew he was like a former, you know, UFC guy, 
fighter and um, everything like that. But I just really liked his personality. And I thought he had a great look. Um, and he was like the, he was the guy in, in MLW. And he's, I mean, in a lot of ways he always has been. Um, and um, it, to, so my first experience uh, going to a major league wrestling show was via, on behalf of WrestleZone, I was uh, in New York City for WrestleMania week, uh, whatever number that was, 34, I think it was. <laughs> I can't remember. They, they blend together with the pandemic too. It just all flows through. But um, I was in New York for that one, and uh, I wanted to cover Major League Wrestling. They had a show, Melrose Ballroom, and uh, I got media access and uh, talked with their social media guy at the time. And he was like, hey, who are you interested in talking to? And I, Tom Waller was first on my list. And I, I, there's another neat side to that, too. And so, uh, sure enough, Tom showed up. I chatted with him. Nicest dude. <laughs> and just, um, we talked, he talked about how, like, he's not a big city guy. You know, he's used to being in Vegas and all that stuff. And uh, likes kind of the open spaces. So it's just a different vibe for him. But basically, yeah, it's uh, it, it was very neat to see Tom's travels throughout major league wrestling and uh he's played so many he's worn so many hats to say in a roundabout way but he's always kept that fighting filthy tom attitude and uh he turned heel against the von erics he was a baby face at the time he was like their top baby face at the time uh, during the battle riot too that's what the, what the show was in new york city by the way and um yeah it's just a one of my favorite guys in wrestling today this filthy tom Waller to uh so to see what he's done. Like I mentioned, I think last week about filthy Island, it was so funny. And just him being on commentary, what he does with the Daisy Dukes, just like out of the, this world, like nothing you really see from another wrestler at all. Tom's his own man. And that's, what's great about it. Um, <laughs> and part of it too, uh, when I interviewed him, I might've said this last week too, but when I interviewed him, I try. So what I do when I re interview a lot of the wrestlers, what I started doing was like, Hey, give me like three songs, like a workout playlist. You know, what's the, what's the, the three songs you would choose could be from any time. If you're listening to them currently, whatever, just pick three songs, go with them. And, uh, I'm going to make a playlist eventually of all those uh, from all the rest. That was my plan. Make a playlist. I still in my plan, but get all these interviews, get a huge playlist, a workout playlist. And then, boom, pop it up on WrestleZone or something like that. And we, you, there you go. You got a workout playlist or at least a playlist to listen to. Anywho, I asked Tom this question. <laughs> I can't remember the third song he gave me, but two of the songs he gave me. And it busted me out. Uh, the One of the songs from Mulan, the Disney cartoon Mulan movie. <laughs> and then the, the second one was the song that they play, that Buffalo Bill plays <laughs> during the Silence of the Lamps. <laughs> I just couldn't believe it. It's just such a funny, it's just, the guy's awesome. I'm going to miss him, but we'll get into the show here. And then after that, I'm going to preview War Chamber. Also want to talk about a couple other things too, in regards to who's going to be at War Chamber and why it's kind of neat to see that. Uh, it's And why it really also, like I said last week, uh, Fusion Alpha embraces the fusion idea, idea of wrestling. Well, uh, War Chamber's really doing that, too, in a lot of ways. So, But let's get to it. Um, I'm going to go right off my recap that I wrote on MLW.com, if you would like to take a look. Uh, you can also see a recap, I think done by Colin Tessier of WrestleZone.com, on WrestleZone.com as well. Doing double plugs, baby. That's how you do it. That's how you handle it. All right. So this week, Cesar Duran kicks off the episode by coming on out to the 2300 Arena 
Um, and he uh, just is a presence in front of a live crowd. The guy knows how to handle himself. He comes out and he just cuts this promo about saying like, uh, I have this card book tonight, but I could not. He wanted more violence, basically. <laughs> he wanted more violence. And he asked the renegades of the ECW arena, the 2300 arena, what do they want? Well, the gun blasts go off and out come 5150. I know I'm saying, I'm saying that's so lame. Conan and Damian Limelight do a much better job than what I do. But I'm getting that. I got to get used to it. Saying numbers like that it does not roll off the tongue for me. Anyways, they come out and Conan lays down a promo too. And Conan's always great at this stuff. Uh, Cesar accuses him of sniffing glue because they all introduce themselves like Sliced Boogie, Danny Limelight, Rivera, who I love, and uh, Dr. Julius Smokes, who's great all rich part of the he's a part of the rich history of uh major league wrestling and um basically uh conan's like no we're not snit we're hot weed man and then they just go off they want a title shot against lost parks and that was you know they cut a little vignette uh last week sure enough they conan takes some digs at uh la park and his boys and then the family comes out and out go Rivera and Slice Boogie out of the ring and dive on top of him. And a brawl breaks out. It's intense, wild, crazy. Finally gets broken up. Boom. Out comes the man of the hour, filthy Tom himself, with Kevin Koo. And uh, he's like, hey, okay, so it's just Cesar Duran and him and Kevin in the ring. And he's just like, listen, I am man around here, and I haven't been treated like it. I want a title shot. Because, like, he kind of, like, from a story perspective, Tom won the 2020 Opera Cup, so he had a right to a title shot, basically a world title shot. Well, Duran gave him the National Openweight Championship match. Didn't, you know, uh, Hammerstone beat him. But, heck, Tom is trying to find his place here. He, he is the man in that Major League Wrestling. He's been there forever. Triple crown winner. Only triple crown winner. And so Duran's like, no, <laughs> I, will, I will give you a title shot. Is that what you want? All right. Well, you'll go against Mil Merites. Well, King Merites. And uh, it will be a casket match. That's not what Tom wants, but that's what Tom's getting. And so the arc throughout this episode is, hey, what is Tom going to do? And how is he going to face King Merites, this dominant figure that just beat Richard Holiday? And uh, he's got these mystical uh, stuff around him. Uh, he's got this pass with Duran, everything like that. So uh really good opening segment big fan of it um and i also thought it was just yeah a good way to kick it off like like i said you have it's what's great about major league wrestling is that duran is such an element that is kind of from the lucha underground perspective like it's such a it was such a wild thing to to envision into an environment and to implement that into a sports like feel that MLW has presented. It's very unique and it's very, very cool and gives it this edge that people really liked Dario Cueto and in, in Lucha Underground. I thought I, I liked them too. And I, I remember I think I watched like the first two seasons of it and like just a solid like what a creepy guy like giving that vibe. And here he is in Major League Wrestling and, and it ties continuity. Like I mentioned comic books last week. Continuity is big in the comic you know world. 
and to uh and same with wrestling like to tie that all in together it's gives it another level of storytelling and that's what wrestling is about storytelling and duran is a great character to have in a story so here we go i like the segment obviously you can tell right okay anyways (laughs) carrying on um yes so before the first match starts, the feed cuts. So we're going to get a tag match between the Sea Stars, Willow Nightingale, and Zoe Sky. But the feed cuts, and it's Mads Kruger. And if you followed from last week, Mads Kruger and Duran had a little uh, confrontation or conversation, if you will. And uh, Duran was like, hey, kind of sinking his talons in a little bit, saying like, hey, you know, uh, why don't you like look out for yourself a little bit kind of thing. And but Mads was like, no, nah, I'm, I'm Contra all the way. Hail Contra. Uh, but you know, I'm my own man though, too. Yeah, I am a mercenary, basically. Well, here this feed cuts, and Matt Kruger says he's gonna lead Contra into the war chamber. Well, guess who else is in the war chamber with them? Jacob Fatu, the former world champ, and Joseph Joseph Samuel. So, I mean, little tension. And uh, Rich Pacini and Joe Dombrowski both mentioned that hey, this is kind of you know, what does that kind of say about this whole thing? So, there's a little uh, little strand to think about as we're heading into Saturday here, anyhow. Willow Nightingale and Zoe Sky versus the Sea Stars. Uh, good match. And uh, I really like the Sea Stars. They're sisters. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Uh, I was backstage um, at, uh, not Battle Riot, at Fightland. And um, both of them were there. And um, I did not know they were sisters. <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> so it's kind of neat to just kind of put that together. It's neat to, I mean, me having a brother and stuff like that, it's uh, I'm all for like brother sister tag teams, you know, it's a, just good stuff. Anywho, uh, Will Nightingale, Zoe Sky, uh, Sea Star showed a lot of chemistry, obviously being sisters, and that the commentary played into that. Uh, Will Nightingale gets drug underneath the ring by Holiday, who came out of nowhere, and uh, she gets put out of the equation. That gives Sea Stars the opportunity to hit their finisher, which is really cool. I want to say it was. It's called the tidal wave. Really cool top rope finisher, double team. Uh, they get the one, two, three. And uh, then they, being the true sportswomen that they are, go and help Willow out. And uh, so that story continued. And we'll get more into the card of War Game, not War Games, War Chamber coming up, uh, which will have Willow Nightingale versus Holiday. So, uh, so yeah, good opening match. Um, and then now we have, yes, Alex Kane. He's claiming Calvin Tangman is out of the opera cup. He's saying he's out, and guess who is the alternate? Me, the suplex assassin. And so he's like, this, I'm going to make the most of it. I'm The opera cup's going to be mine. Well, not so fast. Alicia Tooth breaks the news that Calvin Tankman's good to go. He's ready to roll for uh, the opera cup. So be it, you know? Um. So... But tonight, Alex Kane has an open prize fight challenge. Anybody across the wrestling world, he's challenging. And who comes out but War Horse? Uh, and War Horse, War Horse is such a uh, unique, and um, I I just dig his style, man. Like, you know, um, like he had that indie wrestler vibe and everything like that. But I think he, he creates a good presence and, like, just an underrated talent as a wrestler, man. Like, if you watch him go in the ring, and this match really epitomized that. You know, he he's definitely engaging with fans. Um, it's something that fans can get behind and immediately connect with. And um, what he does in the ring with Kane is cool. Like, you know, he's a headbanger and 
Kane starts banging his head off the turnbuckle. Doesn't phase Warhorse. Warhorse fires back, fights on, uh, gets some opportunities to to show his offense and stuff. And he's got great offense. He's got a good, solid offense. And uh, then Kane, master of suplexes, uh, starts suplexing him. It's what's in each King Mo's ringside and flipping up the cards as many suplexes as he has. Well, Alex Kane gets the five suplexes and then ultimately gets the win. One, two, three. After a little interference from King Mo. So uh, they leave the ring. Uh, Alicia too, confronts both of them on the stage. And King Mo cuts a promo about Cesar Duran and uh, does a D's nuts moment, which is pretty funny. <laughs> and uh, yeah, King Mo's good on the mic. He's really good on the mic. So uh, yeah, him and Kane, really good connection there. And uh, it's their need to see together and uh, play a good foil for uh, Calvin Tangman. And so, but what ultimately gets said is that Alex Kane's still going to get the opera cup. He doesn't care if Tangman's still the man in the tournament. So wait and see what happens that is another match that'll be happening on war chamber at those war chamber tapings all right next up yes so big moment here in the great moment here tom Lawler and kevin Coo are backstage and they're trying to game plan for uh, tom's casket match tonight against king mortes well there's a driver race board in the back and you can see what tom has on that driver race board it's a car a tank um what else does he have on there oh a chainsaw and other things so uh he's sketching out a game plan uh kevin who's like what is this this uh so is that a cactus he's like no that's a chainsaw and uh tom's basically like hey okay we're gonna get in that car and then we're gonna drive off after i put him in that casket okay kevin Koo doesn't want anything and he basically levels with tom and be like listen it's just not working out so just like a it's an upsetting breakup to see team filthy just uh Dispo like dissolve dissolving right in front of our eyes. Dom Greeny's not there. Then you got Kevin Koo, his master of kicks. He's great at kicking and just has his own unique offense. Just like Tom, I don't want no part of him yet. The sponsorships are down, and they had the condom depot. How do how do you lose the condom depot? Ah, such a bummer. <laughs> well, away they go, and uh, Tom is left to it on his own, a man on his own filthy island, if you will. So. Going on, we have, I feel like I missed something. Did I miss something? No, I didn't. Okay, this is a cool segment too. Well, before we get to that, uh, they do the the uh, War Chamber Control Center. And uh, a little bit before, it's like, hey, did uh, Alex Hammerstone make a deal with the devil? Because he's got to fill two spots in the War Chamber. And um, rumors are according to MLW, is that he uh, has corresponded with Cesar Duran about this. Uh, Hammerstone gets asked about it, and he's like, nah, come on, you think I'd do that? And he's like, nah, it's not happening. Like that kind of thing. So wait and see. Wait and see for Saturday. And then we get like the rundown of the card for that, and then it is main event time. Or no, it's not quite main event, because we had uh, Richard Holiday backstage with alicia too and there's like some pseudo romantic tension between the two uh obviously with last week when was it last week no maybe it was two weeks ago when uh holiday lost his title to uh, mill Morris, king mortis uh alicia too was at ringside with cesar duran you know it obviously duran's playing mind games with the two after uh her expose on him and uh it's 
upsetting to see uh holiday just get put in this position where you know he's been beat up backstage he's got to defend his title he still wants to defend the title very baby face kind of move on holiday's part he's got the likable okay yeah that was a couple weeks ago so i didn't even cover that last because last week holiday's face was all wrapped up and he couldn't really talk well his face was still wrapped up this time around but it was a little loosened up and he was able to talk basically he tells alicia that hey i got a deal in japan uh with a candy company and he's like you want to try some of the candy and alicia's like yeah i'll try some so he goes over to the storage closet here opens it up and who's eating the candy but tajiri and uh kind of a homage back to tajiri's uh, comedic side in WWE, which was always great. Him and uh, William Regal uh, doing doing their comedy bits was always great. And um, so just a little aside there for that. And uh, pretty neat. I, I was not expecting that. And I liked it. I liked it a lot. So main event time. And I loved this main event. Uh, I'm going to say this. I You know what? I am going to say this. My favorite casket match ever. I will say it because I liked it. It was so well... Put together, everything made sense. I mean, you could go from like, okay, uh, Kamala back in the day was a no, Yokozuna back in the day was afraid of caskets. That was the story. But this was just such a well told story of a guy who, you know, for better or for worse, we have a connection with in Tom. Like, either from a heel perspective, like, hey, screw this guy, or hey, Tom has been with MLW for a long time, and here he goes into this winless situation it seems against this uh somewhat powerful well definitely powerful but somewhat whether it be mystical powers or however you want to display it um he's got to go against this guy you know the man of a thousand deaths and uh so out comes tom very despondent uh very like nervous very well portrayed and then uh King Mortez comes out with a hooded figure. And who is this hooded figure? But it ends up being Carly Perez, who I believe is also was associated with Mil Mortez in Lucha Underground. So all tying together here. And she has this incense that she's burning on like a stogie kind of thing. I'm sure there's a name for it that I, I want to say candle, but I it's not a candle. Um, but she snuffs it out on the skull and it's like very uh, powerful to Muertes before he gets in the ring. Bell rings, Tom fights, does the MMA stuff, going after Mil Muertes, fighting for his life, fighting for his life. Boom, Muertes spears him off his feet. Such a cool like first few seconds into the match and um, just getting obliterated and dominated. Tom's trying to fight, scratch and claw and all that stuff. He's just going at it, man, trying to make things work. And uh, it's a good, good fight. They go out. There's a lot of teases of them going into the casket. Tom still uses his MMA background, but the fight spills the outside. He gets a little startled by Carly Perez on that outside with the skull. Uh, just a well-told story. Uh, Tom sold fear very well in this match and um, came across very well and uh, very, it's just like you feel for it. Like they kind of, you felt for Tom. I felt for Tom. And, um, you know, he's fighting for his life, but ultimately, and he gets what a cool moment, like such a neat way to finish the match here. Muertes goes for another spear. Tom catches him in a front guillotine and has, has him locked in. And, you know, that's, that, this is Tom's thing, man. He's got it. Well, no, Muertes lifts him up and gives him the straight to hell flatliner. He rolls him over. 
closes the casket. Match is over. Is that the last we see of Tom? I think it is. And it's a bummer. It's a bummer. But man, what a show. What an episode. So, uh, and now we got War Chamber. Now we got War Chamber coming up. So, uh, yeah, I I like this episode. And I feel like, you know, there's just a lot of a lot of unknowns that go on with War Chamber and MLW in general, which is cool. Like, that's the thing. I've talked to Alex Hammerstone before uh, several times. But um, I remember him saying, like, hey, that's a great thing about Court Bauer and stuff. Is he full of surprises. He leaves a lot of people in the unknown. Like, hey, we got to wonder what's next. And so it's cool to see that. Like, wrestling is very neat and fun when there's surprises. This is not. So uh, it's always neat to see that. And there's reportedly some surprises in store here at War Chamber. Like, um, there's an article up on WrestleZone. Uh, I don't want to spoil it for you guys. You can you can go on WrestleZone.com. But if you check out uh, some, some of the news, um, there's a name star coming in to, uh, to War Chamber, it appears. I don't know about the event, the the match, War Chamber match, but a part of the event itself. Which, hey, you know what? Let's get to that event. All right, here we go. The full card for War Chamber, at least the card that's announced right now. Obviously, we have the War Chamber match. Alex Hammerstone, EJ Naduka, Richard Holiday, and two mystery partners going up against Contra Unit, which I think consists of two Sentai Death Squad members, Joseph Samuel, Madge Kruger, and Jacob Fatu should be good stuff. Last uh, War Chamber was um, what was it? The Von Eriks and Filthy Tom tagging up against Contra Unit, I believe. So, and that was a great match. I told a great story too. That was right before Filthy Tom turned on the Von Eriks. All right, we also have a Philly Street fight for the World Tag Team Championship. Lost Parks versus Five One Five O. It's gonna be good stuff. These guys already showed that they can brawl. Uh, L.A. Park really finds his groove now in the brawls and stuff like that. He's great at it. Like, if you get to see uh, MLW Super Fight between uh, him and Jacob Fatu, man, what a match. Dude, it's crazy. Like, Fatu rips his mask, there's blood on both. It's crazy. Great, great hard-hitting match. Uh, I highly recommend checking that out. Um, but that will be – the tag match will be good stuff. I, it'll be interesting to see if they put the belts on 5150 because – they, they are hot. Like if you get to see, like if you get to see their vignettes and uh, the promos that they cut, they're such a good chemistry and energy about them. Like uh, Rivera is awesome on the mic, awesome on the mic. So, Opera Cup semifinals: TJP versus Calvin Tank. What's gonna happen there? I'm intrigued by that storyline, Kane and all that stuff being the alternate. That's what's neat. Um, so you know. You have a tournament, you're going to have some backups, alternates. And uh, that's what the MLW does is they make stories out of even that stuff. They did that the last time, too, with Injustice. They were the alternates, and they were upset that they were the alternates. They thought they should have been in the tournament, and they weren't. And so that was a story, too. Oh, Brian Pillman, a total story with Brian Pillman Jr., of course, that. And how he persevered through those ad- that uh, obstacles of Injustice trying to thwart his path to the Opera Cup. Well, what's Kane up to now? Hmm? What's he doing? All right. Oh, plus we have this. L.A. Park versus Notorious 1087. The Homicide. Homicide is in the house. That's going to... I just spoke about that. So it's probably going to be... Lost Park is going to be L.A. Park Jr. I could be wrong about this. L.A. Park Jr. and El Hio de la Park. Uh, 
and instead it's gonna so probably la park's gonna wrestle lombicide just here because they do the free bird rules if that was not made clear uh lost parks goes by the free bird rules so they can change whoever those three can pick who they want to defend those titles well this will be going to be a good match akin to maybe the super fight match that i just mentioned so good match there next up i'm going to skip this one because i want to talk about this one later on uh will Knight, nightingale versus holiday like i mentioned with dr dax neat aspect of holiday is she's got dr dax in tow with her as like her pet and uh very uh sadistic slash smm snm kind of vibe horror all mixed in really cool stuff good contrast to willow's uh bubbly and energetic personality and uh should be a good match in the featherweight division as well i like the featherweight division i think it's a cool aspect really embracing the name like the, the 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 certain class that the title that the women fight in uh it just adds a, a unique element that's not just hey the women's championship it's the women's featherweight division i like it very much sports oriented uh here we go next up winner gets a briefcase full of cesar's cash Aramis versus Ares. I think this is like, uh, it's match two that we've seen of them in the MLW, but ten, in a roundabout way, match three, because they were both in the four-way for the middleweight title. These guys just line up really well, know one another really well. It's really, it's a work of art wrestling to see these two wrestle go at it. They do some crazy stuff, and uh, it's a lot of fun to see. So very much into the lucha aspect of it all. And uh, yeah, I this will be a fun match. I think this just gives them another reason to wrestle one another. It's good stuff. Uh, the sea stars will be in tag team action against the top dogs. I'm intrigued to see the top dogs and see how they do a new tag team going on. And, uh, it'll be cool to see that. Plus we'll have Warhorse in action again against Casey Navarro. I'm telling you, keep your eyes on Navarro. He wrestled, uh, before he signed with AEW, he wrestled on AEW dark and elevation. And that guy can go. If you got to see his match, few weeks ago against Gino Medina. Holy crap. He's awesome. He's awesome. There's a lot to get behind with Casey Navarro. He's a unique talent. Very unique. On the level of like Myron Reed, I'm very intrigued to see that. Heck, who knows who Will Ospreay is going to wrestle. I didn't even mention that. Will Ospreay is coming to MLW when they go to New York City, Melrose Ballroom in December at some point. Uh, will Ospreay will be there. And uh, so there's a lot of cool opponents for uh, the MLW to choose from for him to go up against gonna be neat to see but casey zinovar would be one intriguing one for sure for sure um did i okay the debut of big beef Narls garvin i'm excited to see him i just watched a couple of his matches here today uh on limitless wrestling he fought um oh geez i'm, I'm can't think of the guy's name really good talent though uh two talents that he wrestled in limitless really the guy is intense. He's got this old school big man Haas vibe slash like Stain Hansen, kind of Trevor Murdoch, kind of like uh just like this old school vibe to him. But like uh just he was gonna be neat to see. He's gonna add a neat dynamic to Major League Wrestling and create some a unique opponent for people and just a unique start for him in, in Major League Wrestling. He'll fit right into the mix just by being himself, and uh that'll be really neat to see um stay tuned there's a little bit more coming for that i think uh on wrestlezone.com okay so 
I skipped over one match because I wanted to talk about this in regards to uh, who's showing up and why it also leans into the fusion aspect that I kind of mentioned last week is the MLW debut of Enzo. He's going up against Matt Cross in singles action. But uh, Enzo is a polarizing figure in wrestling. And, uh, you know, I've always liked Enzo. I've always liked him. It was uh, I remember watching him in NXT back in 2013, way back, and um, just being really intrigued by his ability on the mic, anything like that. And I was intrigued to see him wrestle, but his ability on the mic is what made him him and made him so damn good at what he was doing. And you know what? He got caught fire in WWE, caught a lot of fire in WWE. And like maybe I I can I don't know the details of all of what happened backstage or anything like that. But what I do know is he was over. And like, you know, he got released. And you know, he's still and he's he's get this uh negative pushback on social media that I don't think is very much deserved in a lot of ways. Um, not at all, I don't think. I think Enzo I think he's his own guy, maybe, and he's just got a unique personality. He's got a lot of confidence in himself. And again, I didn't mention this on this podcast. I mentioned this on Two Dynamite Dudes, my AEW podcast. It's okay for wrestlers to have an ego. It's important for them to have an ego, I think, in a lot of ways. Because you have to get yourself over. You have to believe in yourself. You have to portray a character that's uh, above, that has an air of mystery about them, that has an air of intrigue about them. And uh, Enzo embraces that. And uh, so, but what makes him a unique and special addition to something like Major League Wrestling is him being him and being having that ability to convey himself via a promo and via a lot of the outside elements where Major League Wrestling is known for their good, good wrestling and good storytelling. Now, to put Enzo into that mix is such an added element, almost its own, like, he's his own, like, this kind of seems a little weird, but his own Lucha Underground in a way, because he's his own, like, he's such a unique guy where he, he's not known for his wrestling. He's known for his promo ability, but he can wrestle too. But to put him into this element of Major League Wrestling, I think it's a neat added aspect. And somebody like Enzo should not go understated. Like, we're going to see uh, a resurgence of Enzo. And this could very well be the start of it here is his major league debut, major league wrestling debut. So I'm, I'm an advocate for Enzo. I I've always been a fan for, of him. Uh, I know he he's polarizing to a lot of people, but heck, if you go on Twitter, there's a sure shitload of negativity and um, you can't get wrapped up into it because I mean, holy crap. Twitter's not a real place. Only takes, uh, I think it's 20% of the population that exists on Twitter. Like, and that's being generous, I would say. But heck, those 20%, 20% of people need to get out a little bit more. You know, we all kind of do social media can really wrap you up. But uh, yes, uh, not too good to get it to ride that wave of negativity. And I think, uh, you know, you got to read the room of who's the realist in the room. And I think uh, Enzo's a, a fun ad- addition to Major League Wrestling. I'm looking forward to seeing what they got go down this week at War Chamber. Again, if you're able to go, it's in Philadelphia. Tickets as low as 15 bucks. Start at 15 bucks, And uh, just go to MLWlive.com. But hey, you know what? If you want more of me, just check out that Twitter handle right below me there, at Dominic D'Angelo. 
you can follow WrestleZone on Twitter at WrestleZone.com. Um, and you can go to WrestleZone.com for all your wrestling news needs. Uh, as far as anything else I'd want to plug, I think that'll do it, guys. Yes. I hope you guys are enjoying this. If you do have uh, questions, you thoughts, anything Major League Wrestling related, feel free to email me at D, as in dog, or my name, Dominic, P, as in Paul, D'Angelo, at gmail.com. Uh, and yeah, just shoot me some stuff. Give me some feedback. I'm more than willing to negative good. I don't care. I think it's kind of funny when I get really negative feedback. I like it. <laughs> you got to embrace everything when you're on, you know, the internet, I guess. But yes, send me an email. Shoot me a DM. They're open. Anything like that. But hey, guys, thanks for listening. Uh, looking forward to seeing what uh, War Chamber has in store. And uh, yes, I will see you next week on the MLW Fusion. Fight report. La, 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 la